with the weddings, because it's it's real people, you're making a difference. It's a lot more than skin deep. It's not so much about the products. It's what you can do with them and how you can help people. And it helps me be more empathetic. I'm Becca Poutney, wedding business marketing expert, speaker and blogger. And you're listening to the Wedding Pros Who Are Ready to Grow podcast. I'm here to share with you actionable tips, strategies, and real-life examples to help you take your wedding business to the next level. If you are an ambitious wedding business owner that wants to take your passion and use it to build a profitable, sustainable business doing what you love, then you're in the right place. Let's get going with today's episode. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to personally invite you to be part of the Wedding Pro Members Lounge. You may not know, but I set up the Members Lounge back in 2019 as a way to bring amazing wedding business owners just like you together and to offer them the best available training to help them grow their wedding business, make more sales and be the best version of themselves. We have an amazing community of like-minded people who lift each other up, pass work onto each other, collaborate on styled shoots, and so much more. Every single month, we have a guest expert come to teach you the most important things about business. And the great thing is that you're always getting that really new, relevant training. So when there's changes on Instagram or Facebook, I'll bring in a new expert to help you stay ahead of the game. There's also Accountability Monday where you get me every single Monday morning coming into the group, motivating you, getting you started for the week and telling you what I've been learning. If you're not yet part of a tribe and you want to find wedding business owners just like you, you want to learn and you want to grow your wedding business for success, take a look in the show notes and come and join us now. Go.BeccaPountney forward slash WedPro. Today, I'm chatting with bridal hair and makeup artist Holly Carter. Holly joined my Wedding Pro Members Lounge in April this year, and she is one of the most driven, proactive wedding pros I have ever met. Having been in the wedding industry for 15 years and full-time for the last four, I know that Holly faces many of the same highs and lows in business that you do as well. So I wanted to bring her onto the podcast today so that she could share her journey, and hopefully you can learn something from it. Holly, welcome to the podcast. Hiya. Oh, that was a really nice introduction. It makes me feel all motivated. (laughs) Good. Well, hopefully we're going to get into some good conversations. I'm so excited to be chatting with you. I know you listen to the podcast. So how does it feel to be on the other side? It's amazing. It's, um, yeah, it's not something you generally think you're going to do. So it's, it's really good to have the opportunity to, to be on this end of it rather than listening. Absolutely. Well, I know you've got loads of great stuff to share. But before we get into that, I would just love for you to share a little bit of your journey, because I think so much of what we do in business comes from where we've come from. And I think it's good to share that with each other just so we can see the experience and how you've got to this point. So take me right back to the beginning. How did you end up working in hair and makeup in the first place? Okay, so do you remember back at school when you had to do those tests that told you what they thought you were going to do mine yes yeah mine actually came up with makeup artist before I even thought about it I mean I was always artistic I I always got lost in doing anything arty but I wouldn't have said that I would have thought oh I want to be a makeup artist because I my mum liked wearing makeup but you know she wasn't massively into fashion that kind of thing it wasn't where it came from And my dad's a GP, my mum was an A&E nurse. So the kind of medical side of it was always in the background, but not for me. I knew I didn't want to do that. So where the kind of the two came together is that I saw you could do um, special effects. 
So I always kind of thought about going into the special effects side of it, like with Casualty, Holby City, you know, like the more, I wouldn't say gory, but where my dad and my mum were both medical, that was like a natural, <laughs> a natural thing. You know what I mean? Like it was easier for me to relate to in a way that I could put the two together. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So you decided you fancied the idea of special effects and that really gory, like cuts and bruises and all that kind of thing. So is that what you trained in? Yeah. So when I say gory, like not so much like the chopped off limbs, although I do know how to do that because <laughs> I am quite squeamish. So that's where it, it was a bit confusing for me because I, I loved how it was, I suppose, almost the artistic side of creating the cuts and bruises. Because I used to see my dad's medical magazines lying around and see like, <laughs> some of it was really gross but others is like oh that's if that's fake when you saw it on the telly like how do they do the two together that's really clever so I after school there there wasn't anything like that around there were no courses that I could find anyway at 16 because I, I would left school straight away because I, I liked art and that was it so I was like well what do I do so I went to college and did art and then got a job as an apprenticeship in business which was again nothing to do with the art so a bit all over the place at the beginning and then when I'd been a business apprentice for probably three four years I knew I didn't want to do that it was you know the classic office job and I just didn't really know what I wanted to do so I started researching special effects makeup courses and one came up in Cambridge and it was called Media media hair and makeup or something like that so the first year was the more fashion beauty related stuff which was actually really interesting because it went through all the influences from kind of the Egyptians all the way through to present day so all the different fashion that went with it and what influenced the different looks which was was fascinating actually and then the second year was the special effects so you had to do the fashion and beauty stuff before you got onto the special effects bit so that's kind of how the journey started to go a slightly different way. Because if I wanted to go specifically into the special effects, the only thing I could do at the time was to go to university and do prosthetics. And although I enjoyed making the prosthetics, it was more the kind of cuts and bruises that I enjoyed doing because I thought it was really, really clever. I mean, to, to give someone like a bullet wound in their head... <laughs> Sounds sounds crazy, but it was it was fascinating to do. So, yeah, that's that's the beginning. But you're definitely the person to know when it comes to fancy dress for Halloween. Then, if you can make it look like I've got a bullet wound in the front of my head, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you don't want pretty Halloween, then yeah, it's I'm not one of these ones who do you know the really amazing creative stuff. Like I'm creative, but in a more subtle way, um, which is. I think where it's pushed me into the bridal, where the bridal stuff comes out. Yeah, so that's where I want to go next then. So you're going to college, you're thinking about doing special effects, you're talking about cuts, bruises, blood spurting everywhere. How on earth <laughs> did you go from that to suddenly wanting to work in weddings? <laughs> exactly. So um, so after that, you kind of, you, like a lot of people do, they do, they do a course and they think, right, I'm going to have a job now which obviously it doesn't quite work like that. So back then, I think it was kind of 2006 that I qualified. And I don't think, I think Facebook had only just come out. I remember 
because I lived in student halls because I wanted to kind of do the uni experience without the uni. And so I remember sitting in the kitchen with the girls I lived with and this Facebook thing had come about. So there wasn't, it was only just starting with social media. So that wasn't how I found out about things. And I started doing kind of test shoots and I worked in a makeover studio. Do you remember those ones in London where you go and get your hair and makeup done, have your photos done, and they tried to sell you about 50,000 photos at the end of it? Yes, we've all been yeah, to one of those. <laughs> so I, I think I, must, I might have even gone to one and then thought, oh, I can do this. And actually, it was probably one of the best things I could have done because you are doing eight to ten faces a day, all ethnicities, all ages, so that was very quickly how I learned to, to do everybody. And I think you can't really call yourself a makeup artist if you can't do everybody. And actually, at the time, I wasn't really doing hair. And I actually hate, I hated doing hair because we only learned a tiny bit with my course at college. So that was interesting. And then I think I must have done quite early on. I did a friend of a friend's wedding because she... I met her through my office job and I remember <laughs> I remember that first wedding I charged 60 pounds for hair and makeup including the trial. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I really you could tell you know my confidence levels there. I just I didn't have a clue. I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew I could do makeup and I could do hair and she was like how much do I owe you? I was like oh 60 pounds. So that kind of the bridal thing started quite early on, but I didn't really know anything about it or even think that it was an option. I, I, at the beginning, I just didn't really know what I was doing, where I was going, and I was kind of like a bit of a rabbit in headlights. I think lots of people will resonate with that, though. I think a lot of people I chat to end up in the wedding industry almost by accident. Like, not many people plan to work in this industry, but often we get asked by a friend of a friend or we just kind of stumble upon it and we don't know what to charge, we don't know what we're doing, and we just kind of get started. So it sounds like that's what happened for you. So how did you then go from just doing one random person's makeup at a wedding to starting getting more regular wedding clients? So I then decided I would train in hair. I did a hairdressing course. Very quickly decided I couldn't cut or colour hair. It was definitely more the creative side of it. But that gave me the confidence in hair and putting hair up and stuff because no one else in the salon wanted to do that. So it was me who did any kind of bridal or special occasion hair up work. And I thought, oh, okay. So I could do the makeup and I could do the hair. And I think I'm, I might have done someone's wedding from that when they came to the salon as well. So it started to trickle through. Then I ended up working at another makeover studio, but doing hair as well. And I did a few celebrities there too, because they worked with like the pantomimes. And so they would do the, the posters for all the pantomimes and I would do the hair and makeup for that. So it was just constantly building that confidence. And I also actually started assisting on fashion shoots and I assisted a hairstylist solely. And so then, again, the hair then started to match the confidence with the makeup. So I think from once I had the confidence and then more of the Facebook was coming out and things like that, I just, I suppose I just generally started taking on and being 
asked to do more weddings. So it was quite an organic build-up, really. And it wasn't until maybe probably the pandemic that I actually thought, right, this this is what I'm going to do now. So we're talking quite a, a long time between... So when did I finish my hairdressing? I've got a, a Facebook memory the other day, and I think it was about 10 years ago. So from doing that all the way up to weddings now... It was 2020. I thought, right, I need to sort out my website. I need to get proper branding. I need to do this, that and the other. And obviously, you know what happened with COVID. It was the catch up. So from that that moment on, it was just like bang, bang, bang weddings. But what I haven't mentioned was all the way through, I always had like a part time job in an office, always. So from COVID, obviously, I couldn't work at all. And I was working at a minor injuries unit, again, (laughs) back to the injuries and special effects. So it must have been in there still somewhere. I was getting so booked up from COVID that I actually left my part-time job because I had enough weddings to make the same amount of money and a lot more than I was from my part-time job. So yeah, I think that's brought us up to present day. It's been a bit of a journey then, really. It's been a kind of a marathon, marathon, not a sprint. And you've built your confidence, you've built your experience. You've got to COVID, which is a turning point for a lot of people actually in life and in business. And you thought, right, I'm really going to go for this now. How did it feel to take that leap into quitting your part-time job? Because you've said, you know, I've, I've got the money there, I've got clients coming in. But I know, because I've spoken to a lot of people that do it, that that feels like a really scary thing to do to let go of that guaranteed income and go part-time how did you reconcile that in your own head I think definitely my husband helped because he I met him when I was earning peanuts pretty much yeah I mean he supported me mentally and emotionally but my whole people don't like saying journey but it is a journey and I spoke to him about it and I said look this is what my income is from my part-time job and this is what I could potentially do, you know, with just just the weddings full-time. I can give it my all. And he's seen that I'm motivated. I'm I'm a very self-motivated person. Like I don't I don't like to rely on other people either. So that was my kind of drive. Like if I'm gonna do this, I don't want you to support me anymore. I don't I I want to show that I can do this. So I think that definitely helped. And I thought, well, I know what I've got coming up and I know what I've got next year. Those bookings are there. I thought, if I don't do it now. And also when I was doing my part-time job, I couldn't focus on either properly 100%. And I knew I didn't want to continue in the office side of it because my brain was elsewhere constantly. And I just thought, I've got to do this. And I spoke to him. I said, right, I'm going to leave. And he went like, Okay, go for it. And that was that was kind of it. And I've never looked, I've never ever looked back. It was the best decision I ever made. And I think that so often is the case. So many people are so scared about doing it and making that leap. But once they've done it, there's no regrets because now you're all in. It's all or nothing. You haven't got that backup plan. It's like, right, I need to focus now and I need to make this work. And now I've got the time to make it happen. And I think having a supportive partner or supportive friends and family around you at that time is super helpful as well. So when you look over the kind of the whole journey, as we've said, and particularly the last few years where you've been full time in the business, what would you say have been the struggles along the way? Because we like to keep it real on this podcast. We don't want to pretend everything's perfect and rosy. So where have you found it difficult in your business? Definitely when I wasn't sure what 
kind of area I wanted to go into. When I was younger, I was never the cool kid. You know, I that's why I feel like with makeup and not always, a lot of makeup artists and hairstyles, you know, it's something they've always loved, something they've always done. They've always resonated with hair and makeup. Like they obsessed with makeup products. That wasn't me. I wasn't that teenager. You know, I had frizzy hair and glasses and spots. You know, I wasn't... <laughs> That that did it wasn't what drove me to do it. It was the creative side of it. So I think when I was working out what I wanted to do, and when I started assisting in fashion shoots and things, and all these glamorous people around me, and that wasn't me. That was a real low point because I was thinking, well, I don't. What else do I do? I don't know where I fit in or what do I do. And I think with the weddings, because it's it's real people, you're making a difference. It's a lot more than skin deep. It's it's not. It's, well, it's it's more than skin. It's deeper than skin. So I'm trying to say, it's it's not so much about the products. It's what you can do with them and how you can help people. And it helps me to show that I get it. Yeah, it's a lot more than that. And you can kind of you can be more empathetic and use your skills in a different way rather than for beauty aesthetics and things like that. And I personally absolutely love that about you and about your business and the way that that comes across on your Instagram, because at the end of the day, people getting married, we're just regular people. We're not celebrities. We're not necessarily glamorous. We're all in our own skin. We all have our insecurities. And actually, you know, we're still the same person on our wedding day as we are any other day. And I like the fact that you talk about that and you talk about how we're not trying to be someone else, but we're just trying to be the most confident version of ourselves. Yeah, I think that's, I, I do try to it's like it's been like a light bulb moment in the last year or so I'm like that that's why I do it I do it because I want to give people confidence yeah, the amount of my brides who are so terrified of walking down the aisle and by the time I finish the, with them you know I I chat and you know throughout the trial throughout the whole process I'm bigging them up that it's okay like what you decide is okay this is your wedding this is your choice and by the time they're ready to walk down the aisle they've forgotten they've even they're worried about it because they feel so good about themselves and that is so addictive it's so so addictive because it's to to give someone that confidence not even from you know the hair and makeup is is like the bonus bit on the side that's how I kind of put everything together I'm always been very into how we feel and why we feel it and you know how our brains tick which is why I'm constantly desperate to learn the next thing like what can I do with that now what can I why do I think that why do people think that why do they do that it just it all helps so much to bring it all into one service so um yeah I'm glad that comes across (laughs) yeah it definitely does and I think as I said I think that's a real USP that you have and I'm sure your brides just feel so much better after they've spent time and work with you on their wedding morning. Now, I know because I see your business journey, especially over the last year, that in business, we have highs, we have lows. We have days when we think being a business is the best thing in the whole world. We have days when we just want to quit and go and work at Sainsbury's. It really is an emotional roller coaster. When you're going through those ups and those downs, what is it that keeps you going and keeps you sticking at it? I... I read reviews, I look at what I've got coming up, I look at how I can improve things. I try, like I've had, it's what, it's November now, it's a natural lower point in the wedding industry. And I try to just use that in a positive way rather than focus on negatives because 
you can use it in both in both ways. You could sit and think, oh no, what's going on now? Like I haven't got anything this month, or I haven't got anything next month, or what's coming up? I don't know how it's going to work. But you have to keep pushing at the development, and you have to be very self motivated. You do, you know, with with all the different things that we have to do now with social media, especially. I know that I enjoy that side of it because it gives me something else to do. I mean, I've been unofficially diagnosed with ADHD and it explains so much because my brain is a hundred miles an hour and I love to hyper-focus on things. But that, I use that as a, as a positive for me, that's brilliant. If I didn't have it, then I wouldn't be where I am now. I wouldn't be so thirsty to do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Okay. Sometimes I need to be pulled back a bit as you will know, Becca, but um, it's, I find that way to to deal with it like the lows you can turn them into highs as well it doesn't mean we don't have them it's just how we use the lows to motivate us into the next bit yeah absolutely and I love how you said about reading your reviews I think that's a really simple thing that lots of people can be doing especially this time of year when it's quieter when it's miserable outside when it feels like the world's against us sometimes actually just taking a moment to think actually I do make a huge difference to all of these people who I work with and to just take a moment to stop and reflect on that I think is absolutely massive Uh, do you have your reviews online do you have them printed out do you have thank you cards where do you go to look at them all three i have i've started putting them like drip feeding them on my website i have them yeah on google i have um a thing up in my studio with all my thank you cards up and actually my brides love to see that because it's like validation for them that they've made the right choice so everywhere i look that that's kind of there and i'm the kind of character that i do need validation i think a lot of us do I like to feel like I'm making a difference. So just seeing that, like even when I go and tweet my website, the reviews are there. So I see them and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, you are doing the right thing. You're doing the right job. Carry on. You are making a difference. It's not just, I think with hair and makeup, it can sometimes be seen as a vanity thing, but it's not because a lot can be said for how something makes you feel. So yeah, it's, it's definitely looking at those helps a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I love the idea that you've got them all up in your studio. If you are listening to this and you've got handwritten thank you cards, get them up, get them up in your office, get them up somewhere where you see them on a daily basis and remind yourself that you are awesome at what you do, even when it feels like things are quiet and difficult. Now, Holly, you said um, just a minute ago about the importance of investing in yourself, keep learning the new things. As I mentioned earlier, you joined the Members Lounge back in April. You are one of the most driven people that I know. You show up all of the time. You're always looking to improve yourself. Why do you think, as a business owner, it's important that you invest in education and community and that side of things? I think because you can learn so much from people. I mean, I, I often will put a question up. And people will kind of like, oh, yeah, I think that. But they wouldn't necessarily have put that up themselves. I'm quite, I suppose I've learned to be quite open with everything, really. I I kind of, I do overthink things, but now I've got better at just saying what I think. So it kind of opens up conversations that other people may have been thinking, but not necessarily wanted to discuss. So I found a lot of positivity with doing that because it, it, it just, it makes everybody realise, me included, that I'm not on my own in thinking that. And we don't have to be so proud and think that we've got everything figured out if we don't, because someone is thinking or feeling the same as you. So having that kind of 
online community and access to to knowledge and training is so important and we didn't have it before I mean as I said back when I was first qualified Facebook had only just started there was no there was nothing so it's it's really important yeah and I think the wedding industry sometimes it can feel like quite a lonely place I think being self-employed in general can feel quite a lonely place because although on a wedding day there's lots of people around day to day we're in our offices in our houses in our studios doing our own thing and it's really easy to get inside our own head and and do that whole comparisonitis thing everyone else is more successful than me look at what everyone else is doing I'm not doing as well as everyone else so I think that vulnerability that showing up that being part of a community and sharing how you're feeling and asking those questions is huge both for yourself and for other people as well so if people are thinking you know how how do I do that how do I be vulnerable won't people look down on me again how have you got past that feeling I guess as you get older don't you you just think I don't care I don't care what people think and I think as soon as you get on any kind of positive reaction it spurs you on to do it more so the more I've seen that just kind of saying what everyone else is thinking in a in a positive way that's enough to just to make me do it more and I think it's important that we just it's not like anything isn't it talk about it we we now as a generation talk about things a lot more and that that way you do feel less lonely regardless of what it's about and I think the best way really to make yourself feel better is to look back at how far you've come um, Facebook memories are are great for that because you, I look back and see pictures I've posted even four or five years ago and I think oh my god like really is that what and now look at me now like it's it's crazy that's that's definitely helps to look back rather than forwards if you look forward so you can get overwhelmed but if you look back it's a bit like it's kind of a kick up a, up the bum in a good way to say right stop stop feeling sorry for yourself you are good at what you're doing yeah absolutely and it's the only form of comparison that I accept in business I think don't compare yourself to other people but compare yourself to the person you were a year ago three years ago five years ago ten years ago and that's one of the things I love about doing these episodes and looking back on people's stories because it's a reminder of how far you've come from that person at the careers office who's told you should go into makeup and you're thinking what to where you are now with a successful hair and makeup business that's growing all of the time. That's something to be incredibly proud of. And I'm sure you feel proud of it. I do. And it's funny when you say the comparison to yourself, I, I'm only competitive with myself. So I, it was last year's um, wedding industry awards and I applied the year before and well, two years running the first year I won highly commended so I was like, right, I'm going to enter again and I'm going to win it. And I did because I didn't care about anyone else. I wanted to beat myself. I didn't look at anyone else who was entering. I didn't think, well, they're better than me. They're worse than me, whatever. I want to be better than I was the, the year before. And I did that. So I think that is so true. You just be competitive with yourself, not anyone else. I completely agree with that. Absolutely love that. Now, one of the other ways we've worked together recently, Holly, is through my Wedding Pro Agency. And we've been working together on building you some email automation. It's been a lot of fun. I've loved building it for you. I've loved getting into the tech and doing all of that stuff uh, to help your couples, to help you as you go out to wedding shows and all that kind of thing. But I also know that it's an area of business that people struggle with. Outsourcing can feel difficult because you're 
giving a little bit of your business to somebody else and letting them run with it. So having gone through that experience, what would you say to other people who are considering outsourcing other parts of their business? How have you found that? Has it been hard to let go of it or has it been nice to just sit back and let other people do stuff? Probably a bit of both. I think until you know exactly what it is you're struggling with and why, it's difficult to let go because you can say, oh, I need help. But if you don't know what exactly that help is, then how can you outsource? I mean, when you helped me do the email setup, I, I knew roughly what to do, but I knew that for me to do it, it would take so much longer. I knew what I wanted, I wanted it to say. So that was brilliant to work with you with that. So you, you're still involved, but not almost wasting time doing something that somebody else could do for you. You can still be in control, but in a backseated way. And I think that is definitely a key in how I would go moving forward. So you still, you start in control, but you're giving someone else the work, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. And I can tell you for a fact, for, from my own perspective, that outsourcing can become a little bit addictive as well because you realise, oh, actually, I could just pay a bit of money and someone else can do this for me really quickly and save me the hassle of doing it myself. And that is something that I do more and more and more each year. Yeah, I definitely feel like I would probably be going that way as well. <laughs> it's definitely addictive when you realise what you can release and where you can spend your energy elsewhere. That's And having my biggest one um, before going to a, a human <laughs> like you <laughs> is the CRM system. Um, that was a game changer for me. And I wasn't sure whether I wanted to do that because it is a faster setup. But you could get people to set that up, you know, well, had I known that or thought about that, then I probably should have done that. But, yeah, definitely is worth um, outsourcing where you can. There's There's different levels of control you can release. So, yeah, definitely worth it. Yeah. And, and you never lose creative control entirely because it's your business at the end of the day. But yeah, there's definitely something to be said for outsourcing tasks, either to an automated system or to another human as well. Now, Holly, as we bring this to an end, I know there'll be people listening to this that are maybe newer in the wedding industry. Perhaps they're even aspiring hair and makeup artists. Perhaps they want to get into weddings. When you look back over your years of experience, all of the different things that you've done, what would be your new kind of tips for people looking to get into this world of weddings? I would say don't be intimidated by where others are uh, because you can never stop learning. When I was maybe a little bit younger, again, before things were really accessible, I thought, well, I've done my training now. I don't need to learn anymore. I'm, you know, arrogantly thinking I, d I don't need to keep learning. I'm, I'm done. Whereas actually... You, you never stop learning, no matter where you are in your journey, whether you're right at the beginning or really established, you need to continuously learn and see where you can improve and what you can do. And I mean, since I've invested in things, you know, training, whether it's free or paid or just chatting to other people, just investing time, it's my business is, the return is, is just crazy it's huge so yeah that's what I would say would be the biggest thing that I would tell people is you just you never stop learning keep learning all the way through 
And I love what you said at the start of that about not being intimidated by other people in the wedding industry. I'm a big advocate for new people coming into this industry because there's enough work out there for everyone. And actually, I think it's important to remember that whether you've been in the industry 15 years or whether you've been in the industry three months, everybody has to start somewhere. And it's okay to be learning and it's okay to ask those questions because you wouldn't be where you are now, Holly, if you hadn't have started all those years back, you know, doing that first wedding of a friend of a friend and kind of dipping your toe in the water. Yeah, exactly. It is an intimidating thing. It's it's like everything. It's a saturated market. Every, you can do, everyone can do everything all the time now. Um, and it's just working out where you fit um, and just going with it and not, not being worried of where that, that journey is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Holly, I always end my podcast with the same question. So I'm going to ask it to you now before we close. And it's this, what's one thing you personally wish you'd known sooner in your own business? I would say having a brand is, is important. Working out what you want to give the industry and what's your feel, what's your ethos, that kind of thing. And I think since knowing that, it's really helped me drive my business in the right direction. And we, we all need to try different things out, but knowing that and focusing more on that to start with, I think would have helped me come to where I am sooner. Because it's all, it, you work it out as you go along, but having a bit more of a focus definitely um, has helped my business in the last few years so knowing that sooner would have been would have been good fabulous such great advice holly it's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast thank you for being here if people want to find out more about you and what you do where's the best place for them to find you uh my website is www.carterhairandmakeup.com and my instagram is carter underscore hair underscore and underscore makeup (laughs) so um that's Yeah, that's the best way to to find me. Fabulous. I'll make sure I link to all of those things in the show notes with all of the underscores included. And I'm sure if people want to reach out to you and just ask some advice, are you happy to chat with people? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I'm more than happy to chat. Um, Yeah, go ahead and, and come say hi. Fabulous. Holly, thank you so much for being here. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Becca. It's been fab. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Holly as much as I did. She is just fabulous. She is so driven. She knows what she wants. And she is the kind of client that I love because you set her a task and within five minutes, she started on it and she's making headway. If you want to find out more about the Members Lounge and being part of that with Holly and myself, of course, then I'll put all of the details in the show notes. I'll see you next time. (music) 